Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Event Tech Podcast. That man over there is the stupendous Brand Kruger Event Technology Consulting. And that gentleman over there is the heady Will Curran of Endless Events. Heady. I got multiple heady. heads or I'm heading and off. I don't think that's what that know. means. I'd no, have to look it up. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. Well, you just, um, you know, we got, we, we're going to dive right on into it because we got some good stuff. Yeah. You literally are like fresh off the plane, just got back Very from fresh. Germany. Um, <laughs> got a little bit of vacation time into it, sounds like, too. But, you know, you came back from IMAX Frankfurt. And we've done the IMAX recap a couple times, sometimes like even live from the show floor of IMAX. Um, but fresh off the plane, get your take on what you saw when it comes to event technology, how things have changed from America uh, in uh, uh, the Americas in October. October, now to in uh, June now in the next year. Yeah, you want to hear all your takes, your hot takes, what'd you see, what'd you like, all those sort of things like that. But yeah, I guess in general, like how, how was how was the show in general? <laughs> well, you know, it was all right. <laughs> it was okay. No, it was, it, was a, it, was a, it was a lot of fun as IMAX always is. Um, I always say every year, you know, I meet more people at IMAX and every year most of them are at IMAX. So it's yep. like it's this, this snowball of connections and, and networking that 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 every every time I go to one of these shows I meet new people and every time most of the people I know in the industry are there so it was a I lot of it. fun especially you know getting to go to the European version to to, to Frankfurt I, I got to meet a lot of European folks that I've met over the course of the last couple of years online you know and so it's you know the beauty of online events the beauty of, of of being able to connect through zoom and other products allowed me to meet these people just like you and i met initially online um there's there's something i still believe very firmly that of course we're never going to replace in-person events right you know we're never it's never going to be replaced by digital events but it's the online that gets your foot in the door Totally. It's the online where you get to open your eyes to larger audiences and open your events to larger audiences, and that's how you can get. But then, yes, then yes, let's get together. Let's, oh, let's you know have a drink. Let's have some coffee. So the number, the amount of time, you know, I, I had a lot of appointments, but I also spent a lot of time just hanging out with people that I'd never had the chance to hang out with in person, and that was so much fun. I was living uh, vicariously through all the photos that people were taking uh, and lots of photos people were taking had Brandon on. I was like, oh, I wish I was there. Because uh, <laughs> you and I was spending so much time there. I was like, oh, man, I'd probably be in that picture if I was with right now. So, yeah, but yeah, it looked, it looked awesome. Amazing group of people are, you know, our good friend Dahlia, you know, from Dahlia Plus, you know, hosted several coffees and uh, got to hang out with them. Um, so always always so you always got to start with that right you know so one of the if you've never been to an IMAX I strongly encourage it you know because it's free to attend and uh, mm -hmm. you know I was lucky enough to be brought in as a hosted buyer so I was taking the actual hosted buyer appointments and things like that and so it was an amazing experience from that standpoint so if you're able to get to either IMAX uh, Frankfurt or IMAX uh, in Las Vegas I strongly encourage it just to wander to the floor see what it's what it's all about if you're into technology, wander to the back hall, you know, the back <laughs> of the hall. 
I, you know, okay, let's throw this out. I'll throw this out as, as, as kind of a starter. Like I'm ready for the technology to not be in the back of the hall. Yeah. Totally. Right. I get it. You know, these shows, you know, IMAX and IBTM to a certain extent, some of the smaller hosted buyer experiences are driven by the destinations. Mm-hmm. Okay. But can we put it like, you know, on the left wall or something, you know, just, just so that it's not. Well, America, the they, way it was kind of mixed in. It was like in the middle yeah. or like it, yeah. it kind of like felt like it was like all mixed within. It wasn't like just relegated to the back corner. Well, and that's that's a point of conversation as well, is that so, you know, Cvent actually chose not to be kind of in that back. They intentionally brought themselves a little bit more mm. forward in a booth. And then another small company, you know, one of the things I want to talk about today is some of the new companies that I got to see, because that's another that's reason why, why you can go to these shows, especially being North American based, being able to go over to Frankfurt and get to know other, because that's the beauty of digital, right? Is it doesn't matter, you know, as long as you've got support available in local time zones, you can be based out of Israel, you can be based out of uh, Czech Republic, you can be based out of the Netherlands. So it was fun seeing some of the new uh, products that are out there, might as well just dive in, or right in. But yeah. along this idea, so one of the other companies that chose not to be back in the tech pavilion um, was a, um, um, what do you call it? So it? My brain is still a little fuzzy. <laughs> I did literally get back last night. Um, is um, a uh, uh, destination finder. And so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to look up the name as we go. And so it was really nicely done. Um, so, you know, you think about what you go to some of these larger companies that help you find destinations. This is more a DIY version of that. And so they launched right away kind of in 2019, spent the last two years working with destinations to get as much information as possible. So the future business model is going to be the destination pays uh, to be a part of the network. But to get to get things going, they spent the last two years getting hundreds of these destinations and venues to answer really fairly detailed questionnaires. And so then you as the user, it's free to you as the user, I'm still trying to figure get the name brought up here. Um, Mm, It's really interesting. So it's like almost because like Cvent, for example, did like the they like the supplier network kind of search thing and they try to create a directory for everything and I, I think that's definitely like I sort of felt like the industry has been missing because like it's, it's so segmented right like the AV world has like the the pro style lighting network search and then you know Cvent's trying to do it with suppliers but not everybody's on it Yelp obviously doesn't work because it's like party right, planners right, on right, it right so it so it ends up being difficult but yeah like, yeah what, so this is so it's conferly I think that's pronouncing that right the problem the problem with a lot of these tech companies right is they all kind of sound the same <laughs> right you know uh, Hublot yeah. and Bizabo and uh, you know, <laughs> Conferly, you know, it's like it all, it all kind of sounds the same. So Conferly, and so yeah, they've been on the market for two years. Um, they so they launched in 2020 um, and they, they got all this. But what was interesting to me was that you could filter. So uh, like very specifically, like I need it to be within, you know, X number of miles of a train station, X number of miles of an airport. Um, they were very clear to try and I always like it when people like are clear in their terminology and they, you know, they, they push forward no matter what I tend to do that on some things. Um, (laughs) and so they're like, we are not a venue finder. We're a destination finder, but that can include the venue. So, you know, that's, that can be a part of it is that we, you know, so we're looking for a location, a destination that has, you know, as X number of miles from an airport, X number of miles from a railroad, but then gets as detailed as what is the average food cost? 
in oh, that destination. Like, I want it to be this level to this level. Uh, how much does a cup of coffee cost? You know, how much does a you know a tank of coffee? How much does a thing of beer cost? You know, those kinds of factors oh. that you can start to really drill in wow. to. I think you know it was, it was like several hundred different factors that you can you can actually tag on. CBDs you can select keywords. Yep. Yeah. You can exclude countries and destinations. So you can oh, say. Wow. So you can say, hey, we already went to you know Portugal and we went to. Mexico. So you can check. I don't want those, oh, wow, uh, any cool. destinations in those. That's cool. It was, I was very impressed. It was, it was a nice new, fresh program. It wasn't something I'd seen before. And they had said, yeah, we don't want to be in the tech sector because we want to be out amongst the destinations, the destinations. right? So that yeah. people are walking by and they see this, you know, this company, well, what do you do amongst, amongst all the destinations? Yeah. And, and anybody who's been to IMAX, you know, these, these giant 40 by 40 booths from Dubai and Marriott and Hilton and Hyatt and all that stuff. Um, so then here's this tiny little booth of like, hi, we're Comforly. Um, and they were very, very kind. They were very kind to take, to, to take my appointment and tell me all about their product. So I was, I liked it. It seems like it would be smart for them too to be at that show because not only are they trying to get people to use the Comforly, but also to be amongst all those destinations because they can know that like, yeah, is Israel's not here. They can literally show up at the booth and be like, we need come get on our platform, come get on our platform yeah. too. So yeah, I, I think I, the thing I think would be, you said it's not for venues. I think that would be like the missing element for me is like, I need the ability to look at destination, have that like high level overview of the, the destination, but then like I need to then go to a subset and be like, how many hotels do you have that have square foot? Uh, square footage ballroom space above a thousand square feet, whatever the heck it may be, you know, like I think those sort of things are really important, but you know, I'm right now, what would happen is I'd use it to find my initial destination, do my initial research. Then I would maybe hit up the destination and be like, now give me all the data you have on your hotels. But then at that point, like I'm waiting on someone to get me data, you know, you're yeah. maybe having to use a separate tool then at that point. And then, then you know, kind of the and now, how much would you pay for something that's already free yeah. uh, for the user? Um, the the next level of that is once you get that information, you can just print it out and take it, or you can actually they will help you create your RFP and and send oh, it off to these destinations. And so I can say I want to send an RFP to this one, this one, and this one. They'll work with you to do that, also for free as the user. So like that's just that still sense. part of the thing. There, yeah, their whole model will be to to have the venues or the, yeah, the destination be the pay, final. Uh, yeah. you know so if they get the gig then they get you know a three percent cut or something like that well, that on. makes sense too like it makes it so then that way like um the planners aren't getting spammed with crap and things like mm -hmm. that too like you're just getting what you exactly use and you know i mean like if it shows by these beautiful booths at imax that there's definitely these destinations have money to spend on it so good for them on the business model too i yeah. like it shout out shout out and that's that's one of the things that i truly enjoyed you know we were talking before we, we hit record um you know i really tried on this one to do a mix of uh, you know, fifty percent companies I'd already had some interaction with, maybe hadn't seen in a couple of years, and then oh, I've never heard of you. I want to talk. You know, nice. let's just let's just see what you could do. And some of them were platforms that I'd never heard of. Some of them were just a different take on an event app. Um, one of the interesting trends, though, that that uh, we can kind of drift into here is. Um, you know, even pre-pandemic, we were starting to see more uh, in the way of interpretation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, in, you know, I was uh, uh, 
What's the IO, the dot IO one? Yeah, they have like Interpify and all these. Yeah, well, Interpify was one of the ones that was there. Um, uh, and then they're going to yeah, hate I don't me because I'm blanking, blanking <laughs> the net. Because they, they, I, I saw them probably at IMEX America maybe three years ago. So I apologize for the company, Ooh. but it's something dot IO and I'm forgetting their name. But this one, uh, I'd also heard of Interpify. So I took, a, I took an appointment with them. But then there were two new ones that I had never heard of. And so each one of them is a little bit different. And so I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe this is a trend that because people's imaginations were sparked a little bit by how easy it was to do you know uh, either automated translation or human translation services through our zoom apps and things like that um, they're starting to then bring it forward and so and this is something that I've definitely gotten on my high horse uh, on uh, you know over these last couple of years that in our rush to go back to in-person events let's not leave some audiences behind you know 100%. let's take some of these tools bring them forward let's do live transcription let's do live translation you know in our in-person audiences using these tools that we developed over the course of the last couple of years and so it was kind of cool to see not one not two but three you know at this show um, uh, all doing, you know, their kind of take on interpretation. And so Interpify was one of them. They've definitely expanded their offerings um, to, to be able to do the thing where you can, you know, dial in on your phone and, and hear the live, you know, interpretation being done um, uh, through your own phone rather than having to, you know, get a headset from you know, somebody else, all that kind of stuff. So as long as there's internet access and you can get a good audio feed, to their interpreters, you know, then you can use their app, um, or I believe they can also, you know, do a, uh, you know, an iframe type thing, where you know they can plug it in. Um, also, you know, sign language like multiple uh, international sign languages, so not just American awesome. sign language, but multiple sign. It's it's one of those easy things to forget uh, as a United States person uh, that there are more than just <laughs> ASL. Um, there's multiple sign languages out there, um, and the uh, Interpreter really emphasized how much they wanted to integrate with other people. So, like, we want to be the interpret, you know, the interpretation module um, that goes into. To. And so they actually link to like sixty different platforms, yeah, um, really good. being they're able like to everything. yeah be the be the translation module for all of those, um, and not just you know not just audio transcription, but also then what they'll do is they'll take the human interpreted uh, language and then do uh, uh, speech to text, uh, you know, so that oh, you can so also then get you can then get the more accurate. So instead of trying to use speech to text from English or do the English to Spanish <laughs> translation uh, using AI and then turn that into text. Um, they'll actually take the human done uh, interpretation uh, audio and, and do speech to text to on that in the native language for sure. That's so, fine. so yeah, very cool. Um, definitely they've been expanding. And then, like I say, the two other ones that were there just had slightly different takes on it. And so, you know, one of the other ones there that, that has been around a while is Wordly mm -hmm. and Wordly is all text-based. They don't have audio. There's no audio uh, to do. So that's all kind of the more what we think of, you know, when you're using like a Google Translate or something like that, only yeah. on the high end. And they were actually the official uh, uh, translator partner for IMEX. Oh, cool. So, so I could scan a QR code of, and I was, you know, launched on my phone and I got text translation of a live uh, session that was going on there at IMEX. Oh, cool. So I was able to say, I want the Canyon Room at one o'clock, and boop, it pops up on my phone. And now I'm watching the, the French translation as live as it happens. Interesting. Um, so very, very cool uh, stuff, you know. And the other thing is when you're, you know, 
well, Interpify mentioned that they can they can basically get people on a pretty short notice, but when it's all computer driven, you can get it on a really short notice. Yeah, so for sure. That's one of the things the Wordly folks emphasized is, hey, we can, you know, you you give us like. 20 minutes notice we can we can fire up an instance you know we can make it go so um that can be that's that's one of the advantages of going with kind of the all digital machine learning style uh, transcription obviously it can make errors but you can pre you can prime the pump with a custom glossary and so um uh, you can you know one of the guys that i know used this service primed the pump with like a thousand word glossary of medical terms and things oh, like nice. that so that the 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 transcription model was able to use that um, as a basis. And so it became much more accurate. So if you take the time to, you know, scan previous, you know, if you're in the auto industry and you know that your folks are going to be using a lot of different auto specific terms, you can prime the pump and uh, mm. give them a custom glossary so it can do better. But it was, it was fast. You know, you could just select one of like 15 different languages. Boom, like, you're in that boom. one. And it's going, you know, it's doing the transcription right away. It also does that thing, you know, with some of the transcription services you'll see it kind of go back and edit things yeah, so it's it giving you word for word for word and then it, when it's, once it has the whole sentence it's go, oh now i've got the whole context and so it'll go back and kind totally. of change things so it's giving it to you word by word but then you'll see things kind of editing and changing on the fly as you go so very yeah very cool he didn't mean pizza he was talking about pizza Right, right, right. Something like that. Or with other languages, you know, uh, especially when you think about languages like German, where they'll suddenly put, you know, they'll put, not suddenly, it's just part of the language. Um, they'll put the verb at the end uh, yeah. in, in a lot of their grammar. So you really kind of need to get to the whole end of the sentence before you know the whole context of, of the sentence. That's true. That's true. Well, it makes sense too. Like for for IMAX Frankfurt, it's like a very European show. Like in Europe, it's one of the areas where like everybody has a different language and how important that is. But I agree on the the long long term like accessibility standpoint that like we have to think about the fact that like we have global audiences now. If you're going to have any sort of virtual element, yeah, yeah, and 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 the fact that these are being designed and built also with the in person audience in mind as well. That I could just be sitting in that session bring it up on my tablet and be following along in my native language just in case I'm not catching everything. Um, mm -hmm. Or maybe the presenter speaking really fast, uh, you know, just not having, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's more that I, I keep emphasizing these transcription services are more than just about people with hearing disabilities. It mm -hmm. could just be you're in the back of the room and it's hard to hear. Totally. It also or just, you know, the, the conference language isn't your your native language. And so it just gets a little bit more difficult sometimes, especially when things get technical. So having these services, um, the third one, I just want to mention that because it, what was interesting to me is they each had their kind of little different take on it. So, you know, Wordly is all AI driven. Um, uh, Interpify was like just listening to people, you know, mm -hmm. kind of more traditional style of interp interpretation. Uh, the third one was called Kudo. Um, and what was interesting about them is that it felt more like uh, kind of like the babblefish, right? So if you imagine a meeting, like a Zoom call with multiple people in the call, you oh, could okay. select what language you want to hear, and then they're translating like that's everything gets translated to your language. Oh, so it was more about like two-way communication, oh, um, okay. and rather than just a, a static live feed coming in from a single presenter, it really is. They really are trying to make it kind of which they can do. I mean, they can obviously do that. But what you know that thing that kind of makes them a little bit special is they would show. Uh, as part of the demo, like, you know, eight people on a call and you're only hearing things in your language. Oh, cool. Um, so that was, yeah, That's that really was cool. very cool. Very cool. That's really good too. Sometimes when there's a scenario where like 
you have one person out of the eight that doesn't speak the language. Like I've had a couple of right. times where I've spoken and like, you know, everybody else, like my, my moderator, the per, you know, the person who's introduced me is all speaking in a specific language, but then it goes to me and they have to like, just only translate me. Um, you know, like that sometimes can be really, really hard because then, you know, if you're only hearing translation, a lot of times a translator, once they start speaking the native tongue, they just stop talking. And that can be just like the trans all of a sudden you're sitting here like, wait, Keep talking. I have headphones in. Now you gotta like pull your headphones out, and put right. them back in, and right, right. That, that can be like really frustrating. I think sometimes. For sure. And then the other thing that that I wrote down for them was that they they said that they can even provide subject matter experts. So like, hey, I need oh, wow. somebody. Not only do I want an interpreter, I want someone who can speak this language and is a subject matter expert on X. So that, I thought important. that was kind of an interesting thing. So yeah, three different takes. That w when you see something that's a relatively small niche suddenly jump, I mean, that was you know a, basically a 2x jump. Um, uh, that's, that, that smells like trend to me. Yeah. And that, that's good. It's a good trend. I, it, we, it's you know The beautiful thing about online over the course of the last two years is expanding those audiences. Um, you know, so it's one of the silver linings for sure. So it's nice to see that, that people are thinking about how do we bring that forward into our events. Definitely. Definitely. Wow. Okay. So that was just translation. That was a That's big awesome. category. Yeah. Was, you yeah. know, that, that, that was one that I definitely wanted to highlight because it was, uh, it was so, it was, it was interesting to me. That, that, I that think was it's also special to, to Frankfurt too. So like it, it makes yeah. sense uh, to, to, for us to spend a little bit of time on it too, which is good. Yeah. So, so the other, the other kind of trendy type things, what was interesting to me is that the, the tech area, as you know, you know, I've, I've been to a lot of the IMEX US and two now of the IMEX Frankfurt. Um, the tech area in general was smaller. Um, and mm -hmm. so I think that that is interesting. And can we start to extrapolate, you know, what is the cause cause behind that, that that some of the fairly big companies had fairly small booths, um, mm -hmm. whereas you would have expected with the enormous amount of growth over the course of the last two years and the enormous amount of investment mm -hmm. over the last couple of years, I honestly went to the show expecting that area to be larger. Um, you know, and, and over the years, it has grown and grown and grown. I mean, I think the first time I went to IMAX, it was maybe, you know, two, three booths uh, in the back of the room, you know, <laughs> as, as it is. And that, you know, eventually got us into kind of the double Dutch era where, you know, all of a sudden they had, you know, the 40 by 40 with, you know, moving lights and trusts Planes and people and in gorilla costumes <laughs> jumping around. And, you know, then, you know, the Seavents, you know, as they as they grew and became more and more of the all-in-one solution, they would have a really big booth with each of, you know, their individual sections as a booth. So I was kind of surprised to to get to the back of the room and and have it be a fairly reserved, uh, mm -hmm. shall we say, a section. And I think there's a lot of potential reasons why that would be, including all the mergers and acquisitions that have been going on. There's fewer, you know, companies that were out there. There's, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of the online companies have, you know, they didn't need an expo to, you know, to get the business over the course of the last two years. So maybe okay. they didn't see any benefit in, you know, in getting a booth uh, and being exposed to those audiences. I think that might be a mistake, but, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see as we come out of this. Um, the companies that were, you know, there and did have larger booths, um, I've been predicting for a while now that um, the companies that are going to come out of this in the best position were the ones that were around before, mm -hmm. um, that they were an event app that pivoted and added on the ability to do, you know, online platform event stuff. And because they'll already have the infrastructure to be able to do hybrid audiences and broadcast and all that kind of stuff. And then everybody's in the same app. Yes. And so the companies that only built 
an online platform in the last couple of years are now having to build out their hybrid infrastructure, whereas the companies that were around um, already had it. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good point. I was going to add in to that, like, I'm curious to know if, you know, what we're seeing too in terms of booth size is a larger trend is that, you know, a lot of money in technology is concentrated in Silicon Valley still, you know, and, you know, a lot of those companies are American and I think I'm says, well, I can't send 30 employees over the, the, over the pond, you know, to come to the show. And, but also too, like, this is where I, I, I you know, I, man, I wish I had, I wish we had thought, almost talked about this before. Cause then I would, you probably would have prefaced and asked everybody, but to all our European listeners who listen to the podcast first, shout out to you. You're awesome. Uh, but I'm wondering if, you know, a tech uh, event tech spend is differently the differently spent in Europe and in other parts of the world than is in America. Because like in production world, for example, people always get shocked when they come over to America and they're like, you spend a quarter million dollars in that production. I got that same production for 50 grand, you know? Big and that, and, and so sure. I'm wondering if that similar effect is also happening in the, in the events industry over there, because I know that sometimes costs can be lower um, in, in other parts of the world than it is even in the United States. Even if you're not, I'm not talking about like talking, you know, Thailand versus U S I'm talking about like London versus like New York, um, in terms of those costs too. So I'd be curious to see if like that's an effect on that too. Um, but I know that um, something that we've been kind of like talking about, we talked a little bit about event brew is also like the looming uncertainty that is no longer COVID, but the uncertainty of like the economy kind of coming in in some ways. Absolutely. And I'm sure that played into the decisions as to whether or not to, whether or not to uh, exhibit and then how big of a booth do we have? I'm sure anytime there's uncertainty in a market, people rein back the, the spending. And so for these tech companies, especially again, I think the ones that have, that you know really came into existence over the last couple of years they have to be going okay what's our next play you know a lot of the ones that were just pure online platforms um including some of the ones that did exist you know pre pre-2019 have to be going how do we fit into this market um as things as people start to reincorporate their in-person audiences mm -hmm. um you're gonna want you know, you and I and, and Kyle, we've talked a lot on this show about 365 community. Yeah. And so, you know, there a lot of the some, well, not a lot, but many of those online platforms, they're not really built for that. They're meant yeah. for you log in at this time <laughs> and you watch, you, you're there for your conference over the course of the next three days and then you turn it off. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, even one of the uh, folks on the event tech chat was, was bemoaning the fact that, um, uh, that they had, they they wanted. I think it was, I think it was there. Um, were, were that they they want? They asked their company, "Do you have you know gamification stuff?" Yes, yes, yeah. we do. Okay, great. But then they couldn't turn it on until the day of the event. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I think yeah. you told me that story. Where, yeah, I, yeah, I forget. Where, I forget. So I apologize out there. I forget whoever good. it was that told me that story. But but it was a perfect example of really having to be specific about what it is that you want, knowing your stakeholders and goals and objectives and all the usual brand drinking game stuff. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I think there's a lot. There's possible a lot of reasons why it was smaller. I will be very fascinated. I'll be looking with great interest mm -hmm. to see how IMEX Vegas compares because mm -hmm. you know yeah maybe maybe Silicon Valley is still happy to spend spend that money uh, locally, but just not not send them across the pond. And then I think you're right. I think the the European mindset uh, um, it feels like for the folks that I know that they're more okay with going for with a small provider. Mm -hmm. um, for significantly less money than I feel the need to go with one of the juggernauts um, and pay a fair amount more. 
Um, one other trend that I want to note too, in terms of like how booth size equates to probably the event tech market too. And we've talked about this is that, you know, all these platforms are getting bombarded by their Silicon Valley investors and their VC funds to say, Hey, wow, that was great growth. And now they're seeing slowed growth. Let's be honest. If anyone says right now, things are popping and they're like doing better than they did the last two years they are lying by the way. But you know, I think that the, you know, unless they were small and now they're getting bigger, right? Like anyone who's big and said things are popping, it, it, it's a retraction. I think that's happening right now. And what I think is happening is these VCs and these investors are saying, okay, you got to start generating a return. Well, now some of them are seeing slowed growth and you even see some companies starting to have to make layoffs and staffing changes, which is totally understandable. That's just life cycle of a business. But what's so interesting is that I bet you a lot of them are like, well, if we're going to, you know, have to lay people off or whatever it is, like, let's focus our money on what is generating returns. And they might be thinking to themselves, like, we didn't see a huge return. Like, we had this big fancy booth at IMAX America. We had, we brought 30, 50 people. We threw five parties, all these things like that. And they're like, we didn't generate any more business than our digital marketing campaigns, potentially. And so I think it's one of these things, too, where, like, they, they might be thinking to themselves, like, okay, well, like, we need to scale back now on this, too. Um, so yeah, it's, it's it's very interesting. Not to say that exhibits are are bad or bad return on investment, but like you you can't just go out and spend millions of dollars on an exhibit and expect to be making ten million dollars in return. I think a lot of times, what you said in the beginning, and this is just my again my opinion with in person events is like you got to start online, build the relationships online. And what I would do is show up at Frankfurt and you know maybe have a smaller booth or something like that that allows me to say, hey, by the way, everybody online that already knows who I am, feel free to come and visit me, or you know. Maybe I'll throw an exclusive party or something like that, and that's it. You know, I'll keep it very, very simple and use it as a bridge um, from the online relationships. But I wouldn't use it as a chance to try to build new relationships. Yarp. <laughs> okay, you got like a lot much longer longer. I, 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 do, I, actually, I had a lot more on my list than I thought, and and you know, I, I, I you know, we don't need to go into every single product that I saw. Um, but, you know, I guess, you know, quick shout out to kind of the folks at Bizabo that like, you know, we'd heard some of the acquisitions that they did, but it was kind of nice to see it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, you know, I'd kind of forgotten that they bought Click and, you know, oh, that yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. And so to, to, to see it kind of packaged all together as here's what we can do, again, both online and in person, that's another perfect example of, you know, a company that was doing event app stuff beforehand added the online component, and now we're returning to the in-person stuff, and they are ready to go. You know, yes. there's, there's, there's not, you know, and plus then throw in the the networking capabilities and badging and stuff that they got from Click. That's a pretty nice, uh, pretty appealing package there uh, of them. Some of the other new folks that I saw, one was a conference Compass. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they, that was very. I was. Nice to meet them. I hadn't really seen them before. It was good stuff. Lots of, you know, checks off a lot of the boxes. Um, let's see some of the other ones. Uh, CrowdSoul, that was another new one. A lot of these, you know, this, there's, there were some more event management apps um, that have been around. Uh, Delegate Connect, I uh, liked a lot of the stuff that, that I saw from them. Delegate Connect was interesting because they come from a production background. So that caught oh, my eye. Um, and so, you know, they're they're using like actual video production switchers and things like that rather than oh, cool. uh, a lot of the software switching. And so they're very much uh, about, they can do it however you want, but they're very much about, we're going to have a, a nice like physical studio Oh, nice. So so the production services mixed with software. Yeah, production services all mixed in. And so their kind of their three-legged stool was kind of the online production actually having production staff 
um, yes. and then having kind of a concierge that we know would kind of help, uh, you know, help put everything together. So that was a, that was a nice a nice dynamic. Um, also had like certificate management systems and things like that. But one of the other trends that I want to point out that was always interesting to me at these at these older IMEXs. You know, you I'd go back to Technology Row and I'd go down to all the event apps. And I'd say, you know, you know, you get the pitch and I'd be like, okay, but you know, so what's your, uh, you know, what's your target market? And they go, oh, we're good for everybody. You know, we can do anything. (laughs) You go, yeah, I know, I know, I know you, I know you can, but you know, but really if you had to, like, if you had to pick one, what would it be? And they say, no, 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 we're good. And then usually the third time you ask, they'd go, well, we started in medical and you know, and we so easy, you know, and you know, and then because knowing the DNA of how they started and where they started, I think is really helpful because then they're more likely to have things like scientific posters or certificate management programs, or, you know, they're more likely, again, thinking medical, like to have, um, uh, you know, like NDA functionality and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So knowing kind of the DNA of where an app came from is very helpful. So the interesting trend for me, so that's been the way it's been for 10 years, you know, you, you ask three times, maybe you'll get an answer that isn't, we're good for everybody. What was really interesting to me is several companies that I met with this year, just threw it out there. Like, yeah, we're really targeting the association market. And that's where we think our, you know, that's where we think Ooh, our, you know, our, our really, you know, that's where we think we do the best. Um, you know, we've got certificate. I, I, I want to say that was actually uh, Delegate Connect. That was one of those folks that said that. They're like, yeah, we, we, we really want to be in the association market. Apologies to them if that wasn't what it was. Um, but I feel like it was because it had certificate management as part of it. Nice. And so, and really being like, yeah, we want to be the destination. We want to be the that 365 community for your association. Um, nice. And so there were several of those that like just I didn't have to ask. They said, "Yeah, we're That's we're more cool. medical. We're you know we do scientific posters and we do the, all that kind of stuff." And so that to me was an interesting trend. And so that means people are starting to recognize the value of specialization. Yeah, riches are in the niches. Yeah, exactly. And so that could be very interesting thing to keep an eye on as well. Is yeah. is companies actively starting to market to specific parts of the industry, specific markets, mm. uh, specific types of events in rather than the oh we're good for everybody thing that that's that was interesting to me i wonder if it has to do with the fact that like there's so much more competition now you have to you have to niche down right like when hubspot first came out they were like we're really good for sm like smbs they're like we're not trying to get an enterprise at all and you know they 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 had to because there was marketo there's pardot there's mailchimp there's buffer there's a million marketing tools so like we're gonna niche down on this so I can see that continuing uh, as long as there's lots of competitors, there'll be continued, um, you know, association, no pun, association with uh, a niche um, on there, too. So really, really interesting. Yeah. And so and then the kind of the final thing that I'll throw out there is that there were several companies actively promoting kind of this metaverse idea that, you know, you go in and you put on an Oculus. And so they were doing demos. And it's it's fun, you know. I can see the potential. I've, this is the way I've felt about this stuff for over you know over a year now. You know, I went and saw one of Microsoft's you know online presentations where they did their event in the in the metaverse, and it was cool. And you could see the potential of you know the guy was talking about drones, uh, you know, uh, analyzing bridges, and so like a full three D model of the bridge kind of appeared in front of you, and you could really look at. I mean that presentation style has a lot of potential being able to actually see things in 3d totally. um, rather than just a flat PowerPoint 
and you know it's fun you know you kind of lose yourself in your little avatar and then like one of the ones that was detailed enough that like there were reflective surfaces so you could kind of see yourself and wave cool. and all you know all that kind of fun stuff but you know it gets tiring it gets sweaty you know it's it's one of those things that I don't know that I'd want to go to a conference eight hours, you know, for eight hours, uh, in, you know, in the headset, but it was fun. You know, it was, it was, it's, it's for the right group, you know, especially if you sent them like an Oculus, like as part of the package, you know, as part of your, you know, your conference attendance package, we're going to send you an Oculus, um, you know, keep it if you want, sell it on eBay if you want. Um, if you've already got one, um, you know, it could be the right thing, but it's not going to be for everybody and it's not going to be a mainstream thing I don't think for any time soon as much as people are pushing the web 3 metaverse thing mm -hmm. it's 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 going to have to be for the right group and it's going to have to be you know because the person has to have a headset and so that's that that's that's a barrier of entry right there and most of the time we're trying to remove barriers of entry to to our events and so there was a there were a couple of those and uh, good for them it's fun you know I, I you know if if someone comes to me and wants to do an event in the metaverse I know who to send them to um <laughs> And then there was another one, uh, a newer entry to the market, uh, kind of along the lines of All Seated, where they do the 3D renderings of cool. spaces. Mm -hmm. And so you could go put on the Oculus headset and go to the, you know, JW Marriott in Dubai and get it was a free you know, walking walk around, through. or was it like click to point, to point and move? Yeah, yeah, okay. it was point and move. Better than just like you're not going from photosphere to photosphere, but it was. Um, so one of the one of the metaverse ones was kind of like. Uh, What's Microsoft's metaverse? HoloLens? Uh, uh, or the... uh, no, they own a, 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 a 3D environment company. It's like MetaVR or something like that. No idea. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't matter. But it was based on that platform. And so it's it's the floating upper torso with a couple okay. of realist, of, you know, more emoji, or not emoji, like Memoji emoji. style person. Um, and when you talk, the voice, you know, the, the mouths would move and when you, your hands would move. So that was based on that platform. Um, this one was more, you can't see yourself. You're just uh, basically moving around in a 3d uh, space. Actually, I think I, you could see the other people in there and you could have multiple people in the tour. Oh, cool. Um, and they were represented, um, more kind of, again, upper torso type. I was gonna uh, say, if you can't put other things. people in it, like I'm just like, why, why even do yeah. it? Like, well, it's a virtual it's like tour. A, yeah, yeah. It's like a virtual tour basically at the point versus like, a like, a, I mean, if I can see other people, that's like what I think then defines as an event versus that virtual and, tour aspect. And that style of product actually is more interesting to me because I, I see, I see the production possibilities there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe a planner can knock one out of the five venues off their list and not have to fly there um, because they take the virtual tour. That's going to save, you yeah. know, a carbon footprint. You know, maybe you can narrow it down to three. Then when you go there, I see this being able to do, you know, AR style stuff too, where you walk into the ballroom, throw on a headset, and okay, here's what it's going to look like. Mm -hmm. But also these, you know, 3D visualizations of being able to throw the CAD drawing into these mm -hmm. 3D visualizations. I still want to be able to take that tour of the, you know, the Marriott space and Marriott say, where all, where's all the, where's all the outlets? <laughs> I have those go bing, 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 and like highlight in red. All right, which, where's the rigging points? You know, okay, good. That's, that's a sprinkler, not a rigging point. All of that kind of stuff. So I, I hope that it's not all going to be attendee facing and not mm -hmm. all planner uh, sales facing. Because mm -hmm. if people put a little uh, forethought into the production side of things, 
I think then the production people would want to work in those hotels more often, and so that would be uh, uh, you know kind of a peer pressure type thing of like, That's oh true. yeah, I've worked with them before; they That's were amazing. Point. I could I knew everything going in, so it's it's intriguing on a lot of different levels. But yeah, I just I just don't think we're going to be meeting regularly in the metaverse anytime soon. Well, we'll see after next week. Next week is uh, WWDC, Apple's yeah. big worldwide developers conference. And uh, are they, they going to announce a headset? Are they, they have, not? They Nobody can decide. They have emojis on the posters. So I, I, I so I have like a potential prediction. I don't think we're ever going to get an episode fully about it. Maybe when we talk about this um, and we talk about WWDC, if it's big enough for us. But the, um, I think what they might do is start teasing the the AR VR elements like, yeah. Oh, Hey, Memojis are getting a huge upgrade. Oh, Hey, we're going to have a web based 3d world that you can go into and then make it. So then that way, you know, in a year when that headset's ready or whatever it is, they go, boom, by the way, we've already built all the infrastructure app developers. You've already been building for it. You know how Memojis integrate with everything. And here you go. Boom. Like, Ooh, that's one of the more realistic takes that I've heard as well, is that the actual product probably won't be announced until January ish of next mm -hmm. year within a July ish, actual purchase date because they need to get it into the hands. But yes, they might roll out stuff that's going to, because that's what they've been doing totally. is they've been rolling out little bits and chunks. And so there might just be a push now. So the mm -hmm. second half of the year after WWDC here, um, there'll be more. Yeah. A lot like an active push to developers of let's start making this stuff with potential hardware coming out. I'll be watching it with interest. So let's, yeah. you know, let's, 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 we'll have to see if we want to do a whole yeah. episode. We'll, on ha it. we'll have to be some good stuff for us to do. Yeah, a whole episode because on it. at the very least, it's interesting because they're doing a, what I would consider to be a digital first model. Mm -hmm. So, so not, not in person, not broadcast, not hybrid, continuing down the spectrum to digital first, because there is an in person audience, but it's small. And so it'll be a large digital audience with a small in-person audience, so digital first. Cool. Um, so that'll be if they pull that off well, I think people might look at that model and go, "Oh, yeah, small okay. studio setup, yeah, yeah, or or multiple small, you know, mm. audiences. So you do a small audience in London, a small audience in New York, a small audience, you know, and you mm. do that kind of timed." Uh, experience. So we're each having our own experience in each of those locations. And then you sit and you watch a digital presentation that goes out to a broader yes. audience. So there's a lot of potential if they, you know, depending on how they do it. So I'll be yeah, definitely watching with interest. We totally went off sidetracked, though, away from IMAX. <laughs> my bad. My bit. bad. No, we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll come, we're talking, we'll it's, it's about trends. And, and I, that was pretty much, you know, where we, we where it evolved from the metaverse thing. So totally. we're, we're good. All good. Um, <laughs> and it'll be, I, I will be watching with interest IMAX Las Vegas to see, you know, to mm -hmm. see how things continue. Was that, is that a US versus, uh, you know, Europe uh, thing? Um, or will that one be a little bit smaller due to mm -hmm. similar factors? If that one's a little bit smaller, then I think we've got a trend on our hands. Um, and I, I don't know what it means, but it's interesting. Definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, it'll definitely be really interesting. I'm sure you'll see Brant and I physically at IMAX America too. So if you plan on going to IMAX, making your first, give us a shout, find us. Um, we'd love to, to hear from you too. But um, yeah, if uh, for anybody out there, you got anything else, Brant, you want to share about Frankfurt before you know, I send, send them on off and ask them a bunch certainly of questions? Hoping to go, certainly hoping to go to Las Vegas. I'll, I'll give a shout out to uh, the international consultants. Uh, we had our first, it's a new association, so Independent cool. International consultants um, that we started uh, two years ago. 
Um, and uh, this was the first time really we got to meet in person. And so it was kind That's of fun. So it's a new association just starting out. So if you are an independent consultant um, working in the meetings and events industry, uh, you got to have some global chops. Uh, so that's part of it. They're international consultants. So you have to work it's in a certain cool. number of countries, um, have to be able to uh, probably speak a couple of languages. For them, it's a couple of languages. For us, it's easy because it's English. Um, <laughs> so being able to speak English is one of the criteria <laughs> of, nice. of joining nice. the group. Um, so yeah, shout out to the IC uh, guys. It was it was really great. Um, uh, it was unfortunately just the guys that were there. We've got a few female members, but they weren't able to move. Well, no, one of them was. We're also, it's, it's also was fun when it's a new association. You're trying to figure this stuff out. Like, yeah, you, know, all the, you think about exciting. all the in infrastructure behind like an MPI or something like that. You know, it all goes back to what people, you know, talked about in a boardroom in, you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon That's in true. Germany. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of, yeah, it's I interesting. Love it. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely was feeling some FOMO, feeling it even more now. So next yeah, year, yeah, we I missed you, man. Come, come out to, over to Frankfurt for sure. And um, yeah, and, and Looking forward to seeing everybody at IMAX America, but we'd love to hear from you. If you were at IMAX Frankfurt and listening to this, we'd love to hear what you think about it. Was there anything that caught your eye that you love? Um, it helps us pick out who we're going to have as guests, who are we going to talk, what we're going to talk about in technologies, or was there something that we talked about here that you're like, Ooh, can you dive deeper in that? We might have glossed over it. We know that obviously we talk very fast and have a lot to cover in you know an hour <laughs> or so. So, you know, if you want us to talk deeper about something, shoot us an email, just email us over at event tech podcast at hello endless.com. We read every single one of your emails and uh you know also feel free to tag us on social hashtag event tech podcast on linkedin twitter um we're not really on facebook anymore and that, i think those are big places <laughs> linkedin twitter where brant and i are at so give us a shout we'd love to hear from you as well but brant thanks for giving me the the download and give me the, the share about everything that's going on i'm glad to have you back in a home in one piece and uh yeah we're looking forward to the next one so all right well brant Thanks so much for being here. Audience, thanks for being here. I think we need to get out of here. So I think it's time to say Event Tech out. out. Event Tech auf Wiedersehen. <laughs> I was going to say, you better do it in German. <laughs> thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.